Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us the privilege of life. Dear Father, we ask that as we fellowship with you now, your spirit shall be graciously granted to us that we may rightly divide the word of truth. Please impress on our minds what you want us to learn and that the character of Christ may also be impressed on us. We look forward to a time when we would also be tempted and pass through persecution. We pray, Father, that as we go through your words today, you shall prepare us to respond positively at such a time. Therefore, Lord, I pray that you will consecrate me to your service and put your words in my mouth, that it may speak blessings, courage, firmness, and hope to all your children who are listening. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, December 20. Yeah, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. In the experience of the Apostle John under persecution, there is a lesson of wonderful strength and comfort for the Christian. God does not prevent the plottings of wicked men, but he causes their devices to work for good to those who in trial and conflict maintain their faith and loyalty. It is the work of faith to rest in God in the darkest hour, to feel however sorely tried and tempest-tossed that our Father is at the helm. The eye of faith alone can look beyond the things of time to estimate aright the worth of the eternal riches. Jesus does not present to his followers the hope of attaining earthly glory and riches, of living a life free from trial. Instead, he calls upon them to follow in the path of self-denial and reproach. He who came to redeem the world was opposed by the united forces of evil. So it will be with all who will live godly in Christ Jesus. Persecution and reproach await all who are imbued with the Spirit of Christ. In all ages, Satan has persecuted the people of God. He has tortured them and put them to death. But in dying, they became conquerors. They bore witness to the power of one mightier than Satan. Wicked men may torture and kill the body, but they cannot touch the life that is hid with Christ in God. They can incarcerate men and women in prison walls, but they cannot bind the spirit. Through trial and persecution, the glory, the character of God is revealed in his chosen ones. They follow Christ through sore conflicts. They endure self-denial and experience bitter disappointments. But thus they learn the guilt and woe of sin, and they look upon it with abhorrence. Being partakers of Christ's sufferings, they can look beyond the gloom to glory, saying, 
I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8 verse 18 Amen The title of our devotion for today is Beyond the Gloom to Glory One thing that encapsulates what we will be talking about today is found in Conflict and Courage, page 360, paragraph 4. It says, Jesus does not present to his followers the hope of attaining earthly glory and riches, of living a life free from trial. Instead, he calls upon them to follow him in the path of self-denial and reproach. He who came to redeem the world was opposed by the united forces of evil. So it will be with all who will live godly in Christ Jesus. Persecution and reproach await all who are imbued with the Spirit of Christ. End of quote. The book of 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 is a popular passage for this reason. That we are to understand that all who shall live godly in Christ Jesus to one degree or another will suffer, certainly will suffer persecution. It then becomes us to ask ourselves the question, when was the last time you actually suffered persecution? Could it be that maybe there could be some time of peace but there will be those times of persecution? Could it be that perhaps you have not been living godly and maybe that's why you're not suffering persecution or maybe the lord has given you rest for a season but one thing is sure you will suffer persecution if you live godly let me make it plain if you keep the commandments of god because that's what it means to live godly if you do that you will suffer persecution and jesus did not present to us any hope of attaining earthly glory and riches but one thing he promised to all of us matthew 10 verse 16 and 17 when jesus first sent his disciples to preach he told he told them behold i send you forth a ship in the midst of wolves be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves but beware of men for they will deliver you up to the councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues in verse 21 he said and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death also in the book of matthew 20 verse 23 we see concerning the person we are studying now which is john the beloved the lord told him that he will certainly have to pass through persecution when he and his brother james came to request to sit at the right and left hand of jesus jesus asked them can you drink of the cup wherewith i will drink and can you be baptized with the baptism that i will be baptized with and in verse 20 and they and they responded that yes they can do that and jesus said in verse 23 of matthew 20 you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that i am baptized with that was what jesus told them and this statement is not for them only all who will live godly with christ jesus should consider it something that they cannot escape they must drink of the cup they must be baptized with the baptism how much of the cup will they drink i don't know but they must drink because that is god's way of honoring you and we should i've been saying this we should learn to see persecution as something to rejoice in when john and peter and the other apostles were flogged beaten the first time they ever received physical pain because of jesus because they've been suffering persecution since even though it was not physical pain but they've been suffering persecution but the first time ever where they were inflicted pain physical pain on an account of christ the record of the word of god is that they went home rejoicing 
because they were accounted worthy to suffer shame and persecution on behalf of Christ. It is something that we must understand, not just knowing that we must suffer it, but it, we should learn to rise above the suffering. Look at Paul who we studied not long ago, rise higher than feeling gloomy and sad, but rejoice in that you are counted worthy to suffer with Christ. When Jesus was giving the signs of the end, he in Matthew 24 verse 4, his, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, and say, and, and saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And in verse, verse 9 he says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and betray one another and shall hate one another. Did you get that? Verse 9. That's the Jesus promise to us. No earthly glory promised. But he says to us that we are going to be hated of all nations and will be delivered to be afflicted. And some will be killed. Why? On account of believing in Jesus. John 16 verse 33. Jesus again speaks. These things I have spoken unto you, that you, that in me you might have peace. In the in the world ye shall have tribulation. That is the Lord's promise to us. We must have tribulation in the world. Acts fourteen twenty one to twenty two. Paul and Barnabas speaking to the souls who were new converts when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many. They returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. And in verse twenty two it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God not little tribulation but through much tribulation we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God also in the book of Acts 20 reading from verse 22 to 24 when Paul was departing from the uh, disciples and going to Rome it says, He spoke to them and said, Now behold, I go beyond in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my, my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I, I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. But amen. This is the spirit we should have. Even though we know we'll pass through persecution, we are to say, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Let the blow light where it may, says Martin Luther. I am not afraid. We must rise to that position where we can say, like these men, like Paul and Martin Luther, Neither count I my life dear unto myself. None of these things move me. Let the blow light where it may. And like John, we rejoice in persecution like it is written in 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 all that will live godly in Christ Jesus must suffer persecution uh, also I would say in Philippians chapter 2 verse 29 we are told that it is given to us not only to believe on the name of the Son of God but also to suffer for him so the question that we need to ask is so why is the prospect of the Christian like this why does the Christian have to pass these trials and sufferings are stated by Jesus. Reading from Great Controversy, page 649, paragraph 1, we'll understand why. It says, In all ages, the Savior's chosen have been educated and disciplined in the school of trial. 
they walked in narrow paths on earth. They were purified in the furnace of affliction. For Jesus' sake, they endured opposition, hatred, calumny. They followed him through conflicts sore. They endured self-denial and experienced bitter disappointments. By their own painful experience, they learned the evil of sin, its power, its guilt, its woe, and they look upon it with abhorrence. A sense of the infinite sacrifice made for its cure humbles them in their own sight and fills their hearts with gratitude and praise which those who have never fallen cannot appreciate. They love much because they have been forgiven much. Having been partakers of Christ's sufferings, they are fitted to be partakers of with him of his glory. End of quote. In what I just read now, reason is supplied to us as to why it is important that we pass through persecution and afflictions. We must be partakers with Christ in his sufferings or else we will not learn the guilt and woe and power and evil of sin and eventually look upon it with abhorrence. It is through the experience of trial, affliction or persecution and disappointments and pain that the chosen of God qualify themselves to be in the kingdom of God. Was that not what qualified our Lord Jesus? Of course it was. Hebrews 5 verse 8 and 9 says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So this is what we must all pass through. Our Lord Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. He was perfected by trials and sufferings. And we, his children, we, his brothers and sisters, will be perfected through the same means and overcome as he overcame. That is why it is necessary that we cannot escape this matter of suffering, persecution to a certain degree, one degree or the other. We will learn. Have you not been through that experience where because you are following the Lord, you realize the response of others to you? Your friends, your loved ones, your children, maybe they mock you. You now learn the pain of what it means to be mocked and you say to yourself, I will never mock anyone who does the right thing or anyone at all because you've experienced the pain of mockery and perhaps before then you were a jester before then you were a mocker before then you used to ridicule people but now that you are following the Lord and you are being mocked you now experience the pain of it and then you say to yourself now that you have you are following the golden rule of do unto others as you have them do unto you you now learn if this is what it feels when somebody is doing this to me i will not do it to another person when you face various responses to you when you are doing the right thing all that it keeps teaching you as a child of god is now i know this is what sin is this is how painful it is and then sometimes you see characters manifested from others that you know you used to do before and you see your need for forgiveness and when you look, look for forgiveness for your sins even if it is not in someone who has done these things before but you yourself while following christ you fall into sin you see the pain of it when you are looking for forgiveness maybe because you offended someone but yet you cannot find it and forgiveness is withheld from you have you been in such a situation where you are pleading for someone to forgive you for something you did wrong but yet they don't listen to you now you appreciate the forgiveness of god and then you ask what did it take for him to forgive me he had to die all these things teach lessons 
the pain and disappointment, the persecution and affliction is what God has promised us that we must pass through. But it is in love. It is in love that he allows us to pass through all of this. Romans 5, reading from verse 3 to 5, Paul said, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. This is what we experience. We do not get offended with the tribulations now that we understand the purpose of it, but rather we glory in tribulation. It must be maybe if you are a, you are a beginning Christian, that's when you you frown at tribulations. But when you understand that tribulation is working patience and patience is bringing out experience and experience hope and hope make it not ashamed, when you understand the purpose of it, you will not look at tribulation so unfavorably and shrink from it with such hatred as you may have done before because you understand what the Lord is doing in passing you through affliction. You will take it patiently. You will take it humbly. Sometimes you will smile at it and you will tell yourself, yeah, let it come. Let the blow light where it may. I know it is for my sins that I am passing through this. And if it is not for my sins, the Lord is faithful in afflicting me and he is working out something good in my life. And that's how we should have an attitude, that's the attitude we should have towards persecution, patience. James 5 verse 7 tells us, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth and had long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of you have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. This is the attitude we should have towards persecution and afflictions. We must learn patience. We are told in Conflict and Courage, page 360, paragraph 3, it is the work of faith to rest in God in the darkest hour, to feel however sorely tried and tempest-tossed that our Father is at the helm. The eye of faith alone can look beyond the things of time to estimate aright the worth of the eternal riches. Through trial and, and in paragraph 6 we are told, through trial and persecution, the glory, the character of God is revealed in his chosen ones. They follow Christ through sore conflicts. They endure self-denial and experience bitter disappointments. But they learn the guilt and woe of sin and they look upon it with abhorrence. This is the experience we are to have. And it goes on to say, being partakers of Christ's sufferings, they, they can look beyond the gloom to the glory saying, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8 verse 18. Amen. I remember an experience I had while at the university, how a good friend of mine usually would quote this passage of Romans 8 verse 18 to encourage himself to go, to go through the hardships and troubles he was facing at school. He would say, 
I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in me. He believed that there was a glory to be revealed after he graduated from school, and he reckoned that the suffering was nothing compared to that glory that he was expecting on this earth. Fast forward some years later and I doubt he can say so now. But there is a glory to be revealed for those who would suffer not for earthly things, but suffer for and with Christ. There is a glory to be revealed. Paul, speaking of his experience of persecution in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, reading from verse 8, says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. Amen. And Peter, also talking about this persecution in the book of First Peter 4, reading from verse 12, said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God rested upon you on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Amen. This is how we are to view persecution. Rejoice is what he says. Don't look at it like a strange thing. Do not be surprised. Expect it. Wait for it. Look forward to it because it will come. So don't act surprised. Reading from Help in Daily Living, page 8, from paragraph 2 and downward, we are told, Many who sincerely consecrate themselves their lives to God's service are surprised and disappointed to find themselves as never before confronted by obstacles and beset by trials and perplexities. They pray for Christ's likeness of character, for a fitness for the Lord's work, and they are placed in circumstances that seem to call forth all the evil of their nature. Faults are revealed of which they did not even suspect the existence. Like Israel of old, they question. If God is leading us, why do all these things come upon us? It is because God is leading them that these things come upon them. Trials and obstacles are the Lord's chosen methods of discipline and his appointed conditions of success. He who reads the hearts of men knows their characters better than they themselves know them. He sees that some have powers and susceptibilities which, rightly directed, might be used in the advancement of his work. In his providence, he brings these persons into different positions and varied circumstances that they may discover in their character the defects which have been concealed from their own knowledge. He gives them opportunity to correct these defects and to fit themselves for his service. Often, he permits the fires of affliction to assail them that they may be purified. The fact that we are called upon to endure trial shows that the Lord Jesus sees in us something precious which he desires to develop. If he saw in us nothing whereby he might glorify his name, he would not spend time in refining us. He does not cast worthless stones into his furnace. It is valuable ore that he refines. The blacksmith puts the iron and steel into the fire, that he may know what manner of metal they are. 
The Lord allows his chosen ones to be placed in the furnace of affliction to prove what temper they are of and whether they can be fashioned for his work. End of quote. What we learn from this which I just read now is to help us to understand that God loves us. He means well when he permits us to pass through persecution. And the prayer which we make every day, oh Lord, be develop your character in us. Let us to be reflectors of the grace of God and the image of Jesus. What we are actually asking for is trial and tribulation. Because that is how the character of Christ is revealed in us. So inadvertently, that's what we that's what we should expect. That when we pray, Lord, make us to be like you, then we are actually praying, Lord, take us through experiences of sufferings, because that is how Christ learned obedience by the things which he suffered. The Lord measures us. He knows what your weaknesses and mine are. And he knows what experience will make us aware of these weaknesses. And then he takes us through that experience so that those characters which we do not have will be revealed. Perhaps you do not know that you have an unforgiving spirit. The Lord sees it in you. And he takes you through an, through an experience permitting someone to offend you, do something bitter to you. And then you start to struggle to forgive. You start to struggle to have a peaceful relationship with that person. You do not have it in mind to show mercy. And now you are seeing the wickedness of your heart that you are an unforgiving person. Now you see your need that you need to learn to forgive. And for others, maybe they don't understand themselves. That they have pride, envy in their hearts. And then the Lord as it's not just the lord does it certainly in life you would see people who have better qualities or skills than yourself or even material or financial things but than yourself or even there's the pride of knowledge someone who knows more than you will come your way and then you start to feel insecure and you feel uncomfortable being that you have prided yourself as someone who is the epitome of knowledge and now here is this person and people are maybe commending the person and you don't like the fact that they are commending that person and you want to revolt against it are you you need to be clear on what is going on in your heart that perhaps you struggle with envy you struggle with pride and jealousy and you need to pray lord this evil dirty stuff is inside me lord please take this impurity away as the lord takes us through these experiences while we pray for Christ likeness. It's our duty to also pray, Lord, as I see the need that I have. I have need to forgive. I have need to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. I have need to be meek, not to be proud. I have need to have self-control because sometimes you may go through an experience and you see yourself fall into sexual sin. For others, even in marriage, you see yourself having some uh, excessiveness of lust in you. And then you need to pray to the Lord that I didn't know I had this in me. Lord, give me the grace to overcome. That is how the Lord trains us. Through the things we suffer, he teaches us to have the character of Christ. Reading from the book in Heavenly Places, page 267, paragraph 2, we are told, Not without a purpose does God send trial to his children. He never leads them otherwise than they would choose to be led if they could see the end from the beginning and discern the glory of the purpose which they are fulfilling as workers together with him. He subjects them to discipline, to humble 
them to lead them through a true trial and affliction to see their weakness and draw near to him end of quote let us not fail to do the other part some people see their weakness but they don't draw near to jesus when you see your weakness please don't justify it draw near to jesus don't justify your envy don't justify your lusts don't justify your your bitterness and your hatred and your jealousy and pride rather admit that these things are wrong and then draw near to jesus perhaps under in affliction and under persecution when people mock you and ridicule you you get angry you have a problem draw near to jesus and perhaps you respond to ridicule with insult and hatred you see you have a problem are you hating the person persecuting you you have a problem draw near to jesus confess your sin and ask for forgiveness tell him lord my response to this persecution is wrong i saw myself hating insulting reviling angry with the person who persecuted me lord i need your help that's what we need to do you need to understand some people make the mistake of thinking that it is their action that is a problem if you are doing right doing right is not a problem normally doing right like we have read will invite persecution from those around you but don't think that it is your right doing that is a problem and then you cease to do right because you don't want to be persecuted you are responding the wrong way also don't respond with a negative behavior do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good do not give evil for evil the lord says because that would be the wrong response persecution ought to call out characters in us that has never been there before the character of mercy was always in god but was never revealed until man sinned then the angels of God and all his creatures knew that there was some part of God they have never seen before and that is mercy, forgiveness, loving kindness, tenderness, long suffering. Those characters are only called out under the Lord being persecuted himself because Satan persecuted him. We crucified him afresh. With our sins, we, we persecuted him. And then his response to it was love. His response to it was patience, long-suffering. But we will never have known those characters except evil things happen to the Lord. Same thing with us. Some characters will never be revealed in us, but they need to be revealed. We need to develop them. And it is only as we pass through certain situations in life that we develop this character. What is the character of the Lord? Mercy, forgiveness. Is it not so? How can you develop it? Someone needs to offend you somebody needs to affect you in such a way that you are hurt then you will now need to call out the character in you which is mercy and forgiveness patience what about that somebody needs to repeatedly offend you and then patience means that you bear with the person hoping for them to change if you get angry if you give up on them then you are not having a character of christ those are just some examples that i am giving now we need to learn and understand the purpose of affliction and persecution so that we walk along with the Lord. And bearing this persecution, we are preparing ourselves to also wear a crown of righteousness. Second Timothy 2 verse 11 to 13 tells us, It is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny 
himself. Amen. If we decide that it is too much for us to suffer for Jesus, we prove ourselves to be unworthy of his sacrifice for us. We disqualify ourselves from being beneficiaries of the reward he has kept in store for those who believe in him. But if we suffer along with him, if we keep his commandments and do not falter, but remain firm in spite of persecution, then we are qualifying ourselves to also reign with him. But if we deny him, he will deny us. But he cannot deny himself. We must have a love for God that can bear persecution, that will not shrink from persecution. A love that will stand and that will withstand all that the devil can throw upon us and we will not shake. Romans 8 verse 35 to 38 Paul expressed it this way, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And this is what we must have as our mindset. Let nothing separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus not persecution or pain or any of these things because the Lord passed through them for us and he has died for our sins and he has taken us into heavenly places with what he did on the cross for us. He has reserved for us glory, mansions of glory, a crown of glory, a robe of righteousness. And these things are glorious indeed, but we must first of all pass through the persecution on this earth which one may see as gloom, but from that gloom we are passing into glory. But even right here on the earth, it shouldn't be so gloomy for us if we understand that this thing called persecution, trials, tribulation is brought upon us for our reason and we can relax and not get offended but understand and say i understand i know why i'm passing through this the lord is trying to work something in me it is because the lord is trying to work something in me that is why he has permitted me to pass through all of this it was david who said in the book of psalms chapter 119 reading there from i think verse 67 he said concerning the affliction that he himself was passing through before i was afflicted i went astray but now I have kept thy word. And also, reading from verse 71, he said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. And in verse 75, he said, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. My brothers and sisters, that is the attitude we should have. Know that is in faithfulness, even if sometimes it may be so gloomy that you cannot necessarily rejoice. But you must have this attitude that David had. I know that it was necessary, and it is necessary that I pass through what I'm passing through right now. You may be passing through persecution right now. Understand that it is necessary. Hebrews 5, verse 8, we are told that Jesus suffered, and that it was through suffering that he learned obedience and was made perfect. That is what you must understand. So bear the persecution cheerfully. Bear it knowing that the Lord is bringing out characters of Christ in you. 
patience, love, tenderness, mercy, kindness. All these characters and much more are going to be developed in you if you have the right attitude towards persecution. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the message you've given to us today. I pray that we will not think it a strange thing when we pass through persecution for your sake. Lord, whatever your children are passing through right now who are listening to me, I pray that you help them to understand the right attitude they are to have towards it, that they may not sin against you. But even if we see our weaknesses under persecution, Lord, help us to draw near to you so that you can remedy the defects of our characters for us that we may become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.